Making Sense of Chaos is a podcast exploring anything and everything but dinner table talk. It's a conversation about death and dying, love, grief and hope. And the beauty and terror of realising that everyone you know will die. How many times have you heard the saying, life is short? The saying doesn't even make sense because life is actually the longest thing that you'll ever experience. But even if you live to be 100 years old, that's only 100 summers, 100 Year's Eve countdowns, 100 awkward moments smiling while people sing you happy birthday and you don't know where to look. No matter how many times you do something, there's going to be a moment when it's your last time. In the episode you're about to hear, we speak to someone who experiences the seconds, minutes and hours after other people's last times on a daily basis. She's a currently serving police officer who's been in the force for over five years. Steffi will go into depth about her experiences on the job and her perceptions around death, dying and suffering. Some of the scenes may be graphic particularly in the first few minutes of this episode, as we do talk about suicide. If anything that you hear has a triggering effect, please remember that you can call Lifeline at any time on 131114. Steffi, it's an absolute privilege to welcome you onto this podcast. To to get right into it, maybe you could tell us a little bit about your first experience with death on the job. Yeah, so um, in relation to that one, um, I've obviously been in uh, my job for a longer period of time um, to the point that when I go to consider that I actually can't remember the first death or experience I had um I would just say like I've been to so many deaths so many suicides so many accidents um to the point I can't remember faces I can't remember names um I'd only commit the really the ones that actually affected me to memory really and even then I can't remember the names it's just they just become like a blur yeah, so to think about that, I actually can't remember the first body I went to. I can remember, you know, I've been to hangings, suicides, um, you know, fire victims, um, you know, train suicides, you name it. But, um, yeah, to think of the first one is, yeah, impossible. Okay, well, that's, I mean, suicides is something that, Maddie and I deal with on a on a different scale. Mm. So I suppose is there a particular suicide or a particular event that you that you attended that, that stuck with you? Yeah, uh, there are obviously a few. Like um, I think the yeah the job brings with it um, a lot of darkness. Um, there yeah, there's quite a few heavy ones, but um. Like if we're going to talk about suicide, I remember um, 
I went to one that uh, it was in relation to an elderly man. Um, he missed his wife and he wanted to go and um, he'd been waiting for a while and it wasn't really happening. So um, he ended up gathering some items because he decided, you know, he obviously wanted to end his life. Um, he used to go for walks and um, pick up things off the side of the road and he collected like quite a few wires and like different artifacts and brought them back and he created something with the intention of um, electrocuting himself. Gosh, so you walked into his house? Yeah, he's lying on a bed and, um, yeah, his eyes were open just looking up at the ceiling and his hands were sort of black, you know, they were quite obviously the current's gone through them and the room just smelt of like burning flesh. Like it was, yeah, it was pretty gross. Um, and, yeah, we um, just sort of helped close his eyes and, yeah, we just had to wait for the um, everyone to come and help uh, clear the body. But, um, yeah, he was definitely dead and... Um, he had written just some personal notes and things like that. Mm. And in that stage where you're waiting for the Ambos to come, what what's going through your head? Are you talking to your partner? What's going on? Um, there were a few other people around at the time, so I guess I was just more concerned about them. They were sort of more worried than, you know, quite upset about it. Um, because they were the ones that had discovered him. Mm. So, um, yeah, my partner and I just, um, I guess we didn't talk much. We just waited around the room and just walked around and waited, just went through a few of his things to see what we needed to pass on and, you know, if there's any details, who we can contact, things like that. We um, are always in work mode. We're just sort of, you don't really think of an incident until you go home that night or... You know, say you went back to the station, then you might talk to your offsider about it and say, hey, are you okay? What did you think of that? Or haven't seen that before, you know, things like that. But um, I remember that current incident, we barely spoke to each other, yeah. Mm, gee, so, so Steph, I'm, I'm interested in, you know, being in a similar role myself. I, it's, how did, how did that, how did you grasp that emotionally? So you're you're speaking, you're talking about the incident in very factual manner, and I know that's definitely a part of the role and and how you have to even report what what what's occurred. But how do you how do you deal with it emotionally? How did you move on to the next next job? Yeah, um, it's hard to say. I think um, you just believe that that's what the job is about, and um, the sooner you move on from from it, the better. I think that's definitely um, one of the things you gain from this job. It's just you don't want to dwell on anything too much because, you know, you don't want to give yourself PTSD or anything. Um, so I think, yeah, emotionally a lot of people just shut, shut out those ideas and shut out the dwelling on topics, you know. You might go home and tell someone, you know, that you had a crap day or, or what happened was more than unusual, but um, it's not something, yeah, you dwell on much, I'd have to say. 
I'm, I'm wondering if PTSD, you mentioned PTSD mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. the prevalence within the police community at the moment. Have you, do you know people who are suffering? Is it something that's spoken about? Yeah, um, it's absolutely something everyone that is in the job could already have or yeah. will end up with for sure, mm. yeah. Mm. yeah. And, I mean, if we're going back from, you know, the start of your career, you obviously had a lot of expectations about the job and what it would entail. What do you think uh, were wrong with some of those expectations? Yeah, it's um, a question a lot of people ask, you know, was this what you thought it would be? And everyone says no. But I think um, it's easy to answer when, you know, you're training and you're already training and thinking, well, this isn't what I thought it was. And then, you know, once you're in the job, it's you just sort of get so used to it. You can't really remember what it was like before that. I think mm. that's where I'm at now. I really can't remember what it was like before um yeah so, I, yeah so Steph I'm wondering with with that is that are you just in response mode all the time yeah for sure yeah I think you just um become very desensitized as a person everything mm. is a job everything needs a solution and you're that person mm. and it's just yeah, just go, 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 and you don't really stop and think about things really, yeah. Because you can't stop and think about things. Because, because then you wouldn't every, be able to do your yeah, job. Yeah, because, and because everything is so dark, everything's so negative. Um, I've been to so many bad jobs, and I'd say everyone in my position has been, and it's something that, you you can't really sit around and think of think about it because it could then affect you if you just go okay that was a bad day and you know you might take a few days to get over an incident or a few weeks but when that's over you like to to forget about it and move on because you know you're going to have more bad jobs mm. and um yeah dwelling on those could could affect you mentally because mm -hmm. I think I, I don't think many people know the impact of and many of the people probably listening probably don't know the impact of the actual job in itself you know that it's not only just attending that one incident it's that repetitive nature almost re repetitive trauma vicarious trauma yeah um, yeah absolutely um I think uh people People's general idea is that it's just fun and, um, you know, they see them, watch the movies and think it's cool, you know, they have a gun, things like that. Um, I remember when I first joined, you know, I'd been to quite a few jobs and, you know, quite a few uh, negative incidents and, you know, if people hear that, you know, you are a police officer, they'll say something like, oh, cool, have you shot anyone? That's awesome. How many people have you shot? Things like that and it's like... It's just the complete opposite of, of what we're in. Like that is that is the worst day you could have. That's something you don't want to do. That's, you know, questions you don't want to answer, all those sorts of things. Um, it's not about that. It's about so much more. And I also think that um, it's very overlooked as a job as well. Like 
you know, people do think that police officers are just like these sort of people with no feelings that can do anything, um, but they don't realise that um, people have emotions and feelings and families and, you know, it, it of course affects them just the same as everyone else. It does, yeah. but the way that, you know, the way that you talk about your processing of those emotions events is very different to the way that other people in society do it. it. I mean, it's sort of, it's almost like the way you're speaking about it sounds like you're just, you're containing it all into a box and you can keep that box there um, and, and never open that box. Yeah, for sure. If you open that box, danger is going to come. Yeah, that, yeah, look, it's, um, I feel like, you know, the, just a I don't want to say normal person but just your general person will say they had a bad accident in their life or something they saw an accident that's just the worst thing that they always remember and always talk about but um, with us there's so many different incidents so many um, different things we attend that yeah just yeah I'd have to say it becomes very normal And do you ever second guess the fact that you do just keep going out there and you keep you're on autopilot basically? Do you ever second guess that? Do you ever sort of question why it is you you keep doing it? No, I think that um, you know you're in the job. You got into that job for a reason. You're still in the job. You know, as you know, I'm a dedicated person. I'm dedicated to what I do. So I would put it down to you know, dedication, um, just doing what we have to do, what we needed to do, um, still putting, you know, those members of the community first um, by responding to everything and, you know, who would look after everything if we weren't there, do you know what I mean? Yeah, so it's really values-driven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, and... and- so when you when you are attending scenes and you are on your way, there's a sense of uncertainty about what what you're going to go, what you're going to get, and what you're going to see. How, how do yeah. you deal with that? Um, I think there's a bit. Of, it depends, you know, if you have a bad job or whatever, or like a, an accident with, uh, you know, someone's died. You are going there, or you know, even a death at a house. You're sort of going there in a hurry. You're there's a bit of adrenaline running that you're a bit apprehensive, but um, of course you just want to get there first and get straight to work, you know. Um, sometimes, occasionally, I'd say I ask the question like, what do you think will, you know, just I do think a lot out loud, so I may say, you know, what do you think it's going to be like when we get there or do you think this mm. has happened or do you think that's happened? But um, I'd have to say in general most people I work with are just, they don't want to think, they don't think about that. Like they're just like, we'll just get there and find out. And I'm just like, yeah, I know, but I'm just like trying to have a conversation. You know, I just like to think of the what ifs or what's it going to be like, things like that. But, um, yeah, you're certainly wondering what the scene's going to be like and, yeah, it just all falls into place after that. Yeah. And on on attending incidents, we're, we're, getting, we're getting focusing on the actual incident side. So... I know we talked briefly before we started recording this, and we talked about you, you've got a you've got a daughter. How how do you how do you mentalize and conceptualize, you know, putting yourself at risk when when you have got someone that that needs you at home? 
Yeah, um, I would say that um, I always leave imagining I'll be returning to her. Um, but in saying that, I've definitely thought about the possibility of something bad happening to me at work. I think it's something, you know, everyone would consider in this job. Um, I do always do things like it's in the back of my head, so I'll always take short videos of us together Um I'll always take a lot of photos and just have those videos. So, you know, I have thought before, um, at least she'll have those videos of us and know how much I love her and what amazing times we've had and all the things we've done. Um, yeah, she's obviously my absolute world and I do like to remain positive, but I do take those short videos all the time. So I think if something were to happen to me and I didn't make it home, like she's got a lot of things like that to remember me. How old are you, Steph? How old am I? Yeah. Yeah, I'm 30 years old. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, you, you, I mean, you're still you're still relatively young and I suppose, I mean, you, 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 how long have you been in the force at the moment? About six years. Okay. About six years. Okay. So, I, I suppose, I mean, the job in itself is something that as we as we've already mentioned there's you've seen relentless pain grief um harm to people have you ever felt that your life you know in in one particular moment has been a risk i think there's always like a lot of um incidences where you feel um at risk in the job um you know i've had quite a few incidents happen i've had um you know like a there was a crazy suicidal male who was attacking us trying to take one of our guns because he wanted to kill himself with it you know things like that I don't think you have time to think at the time like what if this happens what's going to happen am I going to make it home I think it's just Mm. action 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 and then later on I guess you sort of think wow that could have ended really badly like you know that could have been a bad day um you know, I've also had times where someone, you know, a crook's been in a vehicle and just driven driven at us and we've just I've just thought, This is it, this is it, you know, and um then just missed us. So, um yeah, there's been a few times where um, you know, other jobs where we've attended where we've overheard them talking about, Oh, you know, we've got guns and when the cops rock up we're gonna shoot them, things like that. So there was, and you know, other times where, um, you know, people ram you, like people ram your vehicle, people try and ram you in person. So, definitely a lot of near misses, I'd have to say. Yeah. Mm, and do you think your body gets better at dealing with the whole just action, action, action while you're in that incident? Yeah, it just becomes a habit. Like, it's just. Yeah, it's such a habit. You don't really even think about it. You just do it all and um, and then you just finish the incident and you, you know, can watch, sometimes watch your footage back and just be like, wow, I don't remember half of that happening. It's, it's, it sounds like a very, the, the role in itself and the way you describe in incidents, it's a very disciplined and um, mm. contained, contained way to deal with the emotions. It's, it, and the events because the, these events are absurd to the to the common person you know mm. i mean we we people go through their 
their their life never experiencing um the the, the gruesome traumatic um you know i mean a, a traffic accident and I, I sort of make a point to the recent events um that happened um last week um with with the police members um in victoria how did that impact you what was what was yeah what was that? yeah um wednesday's tragedy um i'd have like i'd say it hurt every single member um it hurt me a lot yeah i felt sick that day i didn't know how to i felt bad but i just didn't know how to get over it do you know what i mean i just wanted to talk to my other friends and just you know we FaceTimed each other. We got a group face chat going with um, some of my other police friends and we had some drinks and we just talked about it and um, we were all just shocked. We were, it hurt every single member. Um, it's just really lowered the morale of everyone, I'd say. Um, I feel like it's something you can't even imagine happening. You don't don't want to imagine it you don't want to think about it and me personally I was all I was thinking is I would have done anything to have been there and to have helped like I would have done anything to be there um I think obviously the actions of surrounding the incident just brought humans to a whole new low like it's just you wouldn't even do that to your worst enemy and it's just it's just really no words for that, like just no words. Um, I feel like it affected a lot of families as well because not only did it affect the members, it affected the families of those members because they have to then think, wow, what if that happened to my son? What if that happened to my daughter? Like Mm. you would at least want someone to um, render assistance and just be civil. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 bloody sickening, and and I think when I when I first heard about it myself, and you know, knowing a lot of a lot of uh, police members, um, you know, quite quite intimately, I I just I felt that same premise that you did, Steph, that yeah. that just want just wanted to be there, yeah, and yeah. in in some capacity, and and I I felt I actually felt I was physically sick um, when 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 I yeah. heard about it because I thought. You know, the, they're going out there to protect the public, and when they left that day, uh, it just, it just, I mean, it makes makes me emotional or angry when I when I think about what what we've learned since then. Yeah. Um, but just the senselessness. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like I, just the whole range of emotions. Like I was shocked upset you know sad livid just yeah everything do, do you think it's going to impact training so in the in the core of police academy training do you think any part of the incident will will change the way and, and maybe not even from a tactical point of view because i don't know if there much could have been changed in that incident but from a 
I don't know, from a, an emotional, I don't know, you know, sort of purposeful, this is, this is what we're doing, this, this is our job, this is, this is what we do every day. Yeah, I think um, an incident like this is just, it's just a massive wake-up call to everyone and everyone feels that everyone thinks, you know, the thing is we have so many jobs every day, you know, you could have 5 to 10 to 15 to 20 vehicle intercepts on a busy road, do you know what I mean? It's, mm. it's just mm. it's just our bread and butter. It's so normal. Like what they were doing happens many, many times a shift and thousands of times in your career um you can think back to just all those times you know you've been on the road and just think you know wow like that can happen like i think it definitely does make people not be so complacent um mm. around the road area but um yeah it is something we have to do all the time and the vehicles on the road don't slow down to 40 and I can tell you many times I've been walking along the side of the road and a car will just, you know, just whiz past you or a truck just flies past you and they're, they're speeding, they're doing all those things, but they know you're out of the car and your attention's on another vehicle. So, yeah, they can do, mm. they feel like they can do whatever they want. So so on that, do you fear, so we've talked a lot about the potential risk of harm and the potential risk that's out there in the public. Do you fear being involved in an incident where you could possibly be killed? No, like I don't fear death. I don't fear any of those things. Um, it's just such a normal thing that we see every day. Um, I, possibly before I joined, I, I feared death a little bit. But um, after being in the job, it's just something that is so normal to you. I don't. Fear, I wouldn't say I fear death at all. Mm. It's it's an interesting one because I think some you know I think the purpose of this these discussions is just before I felt I was thinking about you know almost meditating on some of the conversations we were going to have, and I think sometimes feel and I'm not sure if you do, Maddie, but overwhelmed by. And and not so much in a sense, overwhelmed by death, you know, overwhelmed by the sort of constant thought around, you know, the, the, the almost the, the purposeless of, of life. Mm. Mm. Um, and, and Steph, I'm wondering if the nature of the job, because it is very much a, you know, incident after incident, do, do you ever get time to actually reflect on on your life, on, on the reason you're here? Um, I'm not sh like it's a hard question to answer. Um, look, yeah, it's a hard one. I would say, in your own time, yeah, you could think about that and wonder about that. I mean, obviously, everyone lives, everyone dies. Um, everyone's purpose for being, belief and purpose for being here is different. Um, people hold a lot of different ideas, you know. Some people are religious, they believe those reasons. Other people aren't sure. A lot of people are just looking for the reason why they're alive, things like that. Um, but, yeah, it's an, it's an interesting one. Do you, do you think policing is the reason you're alive, protecting others? No, no, I don't, no. Um, I think that... 
I'm good at the job and I want to think I've made a difference to a lot of people's lives. Um, I'm very passionate about everything I do, um, but it's not a it's not a reason to live or anything. Okay. Mm. So you, you view it very much as an occupation and part of who you are, not all of you who you are. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's not all of who I am. Um, it's it's my job and um, it's what I do. I'm passionate about what I do and, um, I, you know, any other police member is my family, so I care about them a lot. But um, it's important to have your own life, your own friends, your own family and all of that outside of the job um, because as much as I love it, it is just a job and it can be taken away from you any day. So um, that is a mistake to get caught up in believing that that is who you are and that is Mm. your reason to live because if you have an accident and you're kicked out or Mm. you make a mistake at work and you're kicked out, um, that is where the members just cannot handle it because they've that's their whole idea that that's all they are and the, only their friends are cops and then if they have to leave the job, they're, they're at absolute rock bottom. Mm. So, so you answered quite confidently, no, it, it's not my reason for living. It's, it's just some of my identity. Mm-hmm. So what I want to know, let's say it was your last day on earth, what would you be doing? I'd be spending it with my daughter. Yeah, mm. yeah, for sure. Just have a really nice day with her. I can can never spend enough time with her. She's just beautiful. She just lights up my life. She's just the most beautiful kid. So, um, yeah, she's my world. Mm. And it and it sounds like it gives you a hell of a lot of, of grounding. When, when you con- contrast that with the job, you know, but the fact that you can go home and and be with her and, and the fact that that's the one thing, you know, you hold so dearly. It's a hard one to answer as well. She, uh, I do know when I finished, um, I put that part of my life away and I go home to start the other part of my life, which is being a good mum and an amazing role model to my daughter. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. we don't want to take too much from your, more of your time, Steph. Yeah, and I mean, Steph, you've been amazing and I feel like I could ask you a million more questions. I think I, I think that, you know, we've, we're probably going to have to get a part two, to be honest. Um, but, yeah, you've given more than enough of, of your time and, yeah, I, I really want to thank you for Yeah, being no problem, any time. That was Making Sense of Chaos, a podcast about death, dying, love, grief and hope. Produced by Maddie Bragel and Jason Wheel. Thank you for listening. See you next time.